Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, we saw it. <laughs> Absolutely taken down. Oh. <laughs> it's a good start. Oh, it's good definitely now. Start a podcast like... You can't start a podcast by calling our host dead. True. Sorry, we'll start Ben Hocking is not properly. dead, folks. Let's do it properly from now. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Round three of the 2021 F1 season is on the horizon and it's Portimao that plays host for the Portuguese Grand Prix for the second straight year. My name's Ben Hocking. Thanks so much for listening or indeed watching if you're on YouTube. Um, Sam Sage is, of course, joining me, as is the man who has the 1996 Portuguese Grand Prix on an endless loop. A Jacques Villeneuve win, of course. It's Harry Eade. How are you doing, guys? Oh, I'm so good. This is the highlight of my week, other than the race itself. So, super excited to be here. I tell you what, if Portimao is anything to go by from the rest of the season, Portimao, no thank you, I want Porta now. You know, that's what I'm saying. Oh, nice. All right, and that's where we're going to yeah. leave things. Thank you very much. For <laughs> I was actually oh, going to go for Porta Wow, but I like Porta Oh, oh. <laughs> Well, that's cemented that. the decision. We are definitely leaving now. Okay. Oh. Porter leaving now, yeah. Stop Honestly. being such a porter cow, Ben. <laughs> wow, we have determined that words rhyme with Mao. That's what we've discovered here today. Mao's not even a real word. That's the crazy thing. Even more impressive. Uh, okay, so apart from rhyming, we're actually going to talk about some Formula One. So sprint qualifying, heavily expected, but it's now been confirmed for three races this season. So our reaction to that news. Um, we're talking about Turkey making a return to the grid. It will replace the Canadian Grand Prix. That's just been announced today. Uh, an F1 back and forth is returning, and that's going to see things off later on. But first of all, the Algarve International Circuit is playing host to the Portuguese Grand Prix this weekend. 
two races down this season, Lewis Hamilton, one win, one second place. Max Verstappen, one win, one second place. At the moment, it is literally just a fastest lap bonus point that is separating the two of them at the top of the championship. So, Sam, who do you think is more likely to walk away with the championship lead at the end of this Grand Prix? This is really difficult because I think Portimao as a GP out the first three that we've seen is definitely the more even playing ground. Bahrain definitely felt like it had a more Mercedes suiting, longer sweeping corners, more open track more straight-line speed. Mercedes have always been favourable at mid-length corners, straight-line speed. We go to Imola, obviously, last week, which is a much more concise, narrow track with a lot of slower corners and traction zones, which Red Bull, famously, are much better at. We come to Portimao, and that's got the, the, the concise mix of both. That final sector is very slow in comparison to the rest of the track, but sectors one and two have got a lot of heavy braking zones with a lot of very, very fast straights. So, I really think this could be the closest point. The straights are also not as long as what Bahrain shows. So I think that Slipstream won't be as potent. I feel like the Mercedes power engine won't be able to you know, get, get the horses running, won't be able to get that top speed up as much as it could in Bahrain. I'm going to give this advantage just to Mercedes. I really think this just sits in their favour. But we've seen how strong Max Verstappen is in that car so far. We've seen how good that Red Bull is. I think it's only going to improve. I think Checo is only continuing to get better. Had a rough one last time out, but I think... Considering that you know we're considering to have more normal weather conditions, expected to be a bit more standard in terms of events in Portugal, I think he's going to be able to back up Max a lot easier. We saw how well he did in qualifying, of course, and he really out qualified Max Verstappen, who did go on to win the race. So I think that um, it's going to be really close. I think Mercedes have just got the upper hand here, should they continue that increase in form. Because I think being realistic, a lot of people have said that Red Bull have had the advantage each weekend. Mercedes have pretty much been there where, you know, near or there. Um, Hamilton's mistake, realistically, was what cost him any chance of fighting for that victory rather than the Red Bull's outright pace. Hamilton was gaining on Verstappen for a lot of the race before he then put it into the gravel. What's an empty? Uh, but I think in Portimao, it definitely is going to be very close. But I think, uh, I think Mercedes are just going to be on. I'm hoping Valtteri Bottas will be just on it as well to make that fight a real compact four-way battle up the front. So tipping the hat just towards Mercedes, but bloody hell, it's going to be mega close and I love it. Not to say that I'm a massive Valtteri Bottas fan or anything, but I really hope he wins by like a minute. So I just have to watch you, Sam, have to give him driver of the day. <laughs> I won't. You'd I won't. still find someone else, wouldn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting stuff. I mean, Harry, what, what's your view on this? Red Bull, Mercedes, is it going to be close again? Uh, yeah, I agree with Sam. It's going to be, I think it's going to be mega close. Um I don't. I don't think I can call who's going to have an advantage. I'd, you'd have to say that I'd probably have to go with Red Bull as as an overall package. I think that Red Bull is a better car. Um, you know, it's just the brilliance of Hamilton has perhaps pulled out some some results from Mercedes. We've seen how Bottas has struggled, um, and I think a Perez had clean races here to finish in front of Bottas. Anyway, um, so. Yeah, I'd say Red. I I probably disagree on that point. I think Red Bull still have a slight advantage, but it's whether they can execute it and how they fend off fend off uh, Hamilton more. How Verstappen perhaps fends off Hamilton. So um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one. Mercedes were completely dominant here last year, um, and that's not even a year ago, is it? So yeah, who who knows? I think the track surface could be interesting because that was new last year. That's why we had that really weird lap one where Carlos signs led. Who could forget? Um, 
so and you know that yeah, like I said, that so that was only in October, so it's not got it's not that much older. So uh, that's obviously going to was play that only it. in October? Yeah, I know. Life's life's wow. long. Wow, crikey! Yeah. Sorry, that's horrible. Uh, um, uh, yeah, and also the weather. I think it's currently a bit soggy in Porter now. Wow, Mal. Um, so. Let's <laughs> not call it that. <laughs> um, yeah, so whether the whether we have another uh, wet race, it will be interesting to see. But um, yeah, I'll I'll say Red Bull will have the advantage, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go and win it. I don't think. Portaloo. Porter. <laughs> nice. Appreciate that one. Um, yeah, I would agree with what the two of you have said that we can expect it to be pretty close again. I would say that over the course of the first two races of this season, it's becoming apparent that, that Red Bull have an advantage over Mercedes in qualifying pace. Um, you know, Max Verstappen did a great job in Bahrain to put that car on pole. Um, and realistically, even though Hamilton did get pole position at Imola, I think if Verstappen hooks up a lap, he probably gets pole position by a couple of tenths. And that's, that's my view of what, what could have happened at Imola. So I do think over one lap, Red Bull hold an advantage over Mercedes. Uh, in which case, I actually think it's quite important from Mercedes' perspective, even if they are to concede that, I don't think it's the end of the world. What they need to do and what they have successfully done in the first two races is ensure that it's not a Red Bull 1-2. Because um, at that point, they can start to dictate strategy a little bit more if they've got Verstappen, say, starting pole and Perez starting second. Um, obviously, at the moment, um, Perez didn't make Q3 in Bahrain and they were much closer in Imola, but that was still only P2 and P3. So if they can keep that from being a 1-2, even if it's a 1-3 or a 1-4, that's going to help them uh, when it comes to strategy in the race. And and actually, even though I think Red Bull have shown an advantage in qualifying pace, I think in the long runs, it's almost identical. I really don't think there's much in it at all. I mean, in, Bar- in Bahrain, for an example, Verstappen and Hamilton were pretty much evenly matched. There, there really wasn't anything to choose between the two of them. And even though Bottas did end up a, a little while back, um, the pit stop did play into that and, and that failed attempt. When Bottas got into his stride, his lap times weren't that far off the front two as well. So uh, I think overall, the actual pace between the two isn't isn't that great at all. Imola was a bit of a tricky one to judge because when you're at a circuit where it's difficult to overtake in the first place, but you also eliminate DRS for the first half of the race, plus it's wet, it's a, it's a bit more difficult to assess exactly what the pace was. Obviously, Bottas was stuck behind Lance Stroll for seemingly the entire Grand Prix. Um, you know, we discussed whether he should have got past. Obviously, he didn't, but he wasn't able to show what his true pace might have been if he was able to get past Similarly, it's much easier to lead when you're in when you're in a wet race. So Verstappen, you know, for his own efforts, he held the advantage in that respect. So he was able to show and demonstrate his pace perhaps a bit more than Hamilton was able to. Um, but of the first two, considering we've had one dry race and one wet race, I think reviewing the dry race at Bahrain and that pace is perhaps a bit more reflective of what we might see. I agree with what you said, Sam, in that it does seem to be somewhere in between the two circuits that we've seen thus far. Um, And as a result of that, I think it could well balance out to the point where we've got almost a dead heat here. The one other thing I would contribute to this is that Lewis Hamilton walked away with a very comfortable win at Portimao last year, Um, not only over his teammate, but over the rest of the grid as well. 
Um, you know, 25 and a half seconds he won that race by last year, which if you were to rank his 96 wins from biggest margin to lowest margin, that's actually the fourth best in his career. Um, Stand you know, It's pretty good going. Bear in mind as well, the only three that um, were have been bigger margins of victory in his career, 08 at Britain, wet race, um, Turkey last year, wet race. So the only dry race that has had a bigger margin of victory for Lewis Hamilton was the 2014 British Grand Prix, where Nico Rosberg, his teammate, of course, retired. So, and Bottas didn't retire at Portugal last year. All of that's to say, it was a very impressive win from Lewis Hamilton. And for my money, I think it was one of his his better wins in his career. Uh, so not only Hamilton himself individually, but the team as a whole showed a lot of form at Portimao six months ago. Yes, it's a new car. It's a new season. Not everything translates over. But that's got to give them at least a little bit of encouragement. Top of the midfield, I mean, we've seen Ferrari and McLaren duel it out. Um, Aston Martin, Alpine, uh, Alfa Tauri, they've struggled to really get in the mix thus far. Do you see that pattern continuing, Sam? Well, the thing that I think is going to change here in Portimao is I think that Valtteri Bottas is going to have a good chance in the midfield this week. I really think... (laughs) Oh, Oh, sorry, Valtteri. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, yes, yes, I, I'm sorry, more dull answer. I do, I think that the three tracks that we've seen have displayed the extremes of each side. We've seen the more kind of power-heavy type of circuit Bahrain, we've seen the more kind of slower, more traction street type circuit in Imola, and now of course we're coming to a bit of a mix of the two, Portimao has a mix of those corners, a mix of those straights. Um, McLaren for me feel like the obvious frontrunners. I think once Ricardo gets fully up to speed with Lando Norris, which again, another Grand Prix that will start to happen, I really do think like they can have a real package to be challenging for kind of, if anyone drops off those top four drivers, that, those top two cars, they've got the shout at the podium. I think Ferrari are probably their closest contender, but I think the dark horse in all of this, if they can pull it together, if they get a, a two-driver finishing well scenario, is Alpha Tauri. Alpha Tauri, unexpectedly, is one of the faster packages on the grid. That Honda engine has definitely got the legs to take it to the top. Yuki Tsunoda's a little rocket when he gets it right. We saw that in Bahrain. Slinging some absolute moves on world champions as he came from the midfield. You'd love to see little Yuki do that. And Pierre Gasly, we know how good Pierre Gasly is. Two years ago, I can't believe we'd be saying that. But Pierre Gasly is one of the best drivers on the grid at the moment. He's really proven his worth. And he made a silly mistake in Bahrain. He got his strategy screw for him in Imola. I think, you know, if all goes plain sailing this time, we're going to finally see the true worth of that Alpha Tower. So I think that is where the outlier is going to be. I'm a little bit worried for Alpine and Aston Martin. Those are the two teams that I think have got a lot of hype around them. The drivers especially are not performing as well as I think everyone thought they would. Semi-Vet struggling to get up to grips with the car. Longstroll's doing okay, but then Aston Martin is not as fast as people hoped it would be. Alonso King also... Side note, anyone see that hilarious panning shot of Alonso who had spun on the grass after <laughs> Bottas and Russell had crashed? And he's like, not me. See you later. I'm not here. Bye. That's hilarious. Sorry. That, no one's discussed that yet on this channel. It's funny. Um, and Ocon's just being a bit, a bit like, yeah, he's a bit all right. So I do think that the midfield generally is going to stay as it is. I think Alpha Tauri, if they get it right, they could be the ones to really mix it up. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Harry? Do you think we'll see a continuation of that Ferrari-McLaren duel? Do you see Alfa Tauri or someone else joining them? Uh, I think Ferrari and McLaren will be 
still at the head of that duel. I think, and this does relate to my bold prediction, no spoilers, but uh, mm-hmm. um, I think it will be closer. I think if we'd had a dry race last time out, it would have been closer anyway. Uh, but obviously, we those cars, that was the first time they'd really run in the in the wet. Um, and obviously, it's carnage, etc., because it's a wet race. But yeah, I think the midfield as a whole is going to tighten up and provided we don't have another crazy wet race again, I think this weekend it will be closer. Um, that's not to say that it will shake up the order. I just think it's going to be, I mean, it's close enough already, but I think it's going to get even closer. You know, as as the ones that are struggling, like Alpine, like Aston Martin, um, I mean, Aftari aren't necessarily struggling, but they haven't brought home as many points as they may have hoped. Um, but yeah, as they get to groups with their cars a bit more and have a clean weekend, etc., I think... It's going to be a close one. Um, like Sam said, I think AlphaTauri will probably be the the likely candidates to join that Feza Maka battle. But I think Ferrari McLaren might just have a might have a bit on them at the moment. Um, but like I said, Yuki Tsunoda is a little rocket, so he could be in second place by the end of the race. So um, who knows? But yeah, I think for me, I think it will be a tighter weekend um, overall in the midfield. Yeah, I, I think McLaren should be very encouraged by not only their performance at Bahrain, but in particular their performance at um, at Imola. Uh, and I guess you could ex- almost exclusively say that about Norris. You know, Ricardo had a fine race, but it was Lando Norris that obviously led them to a podium. That McLaren is an absolute bullet in a straight line. It is ridiculously quick. Um, and theoretically, if you were to put together the 23 race calendar and pick out, say, three or four races where having a fast car in a straight line isn't necessarily going to benefit you very much, you'd probably put Imola up there. Yet they were still able to pull out a really good result there. So I think it's really encouraging that that if at Imola they can do pretty well, I'm pretty convinced that they can do well anywhere this season. And I think they will. Um so they'll be buoyed by that. It's a it's a long old uh, straight sort of down the the start finish straight. So you know they could take advantage of that, and I, I think they'll do well again. Um, you know Ferrari, I, I think they'll be in the mix. You know, Chuck Leclerc had a quality race at, uh, at Portimao last year, so I'm sure he'll be godlike once more and put to, put in a good shift. Um, <laughs> and yeah, AlphaTauri. I mean, the questions still remain as to whether they could they can get it together um, and start to win the points that the car is arguably capable of. Um, yeah, I, I think it's got to happen at some point. And I think Gasly is too talented, and actually, I think probably Tsunoda is too talented for it to keep going on where they aren't picking up these points. So you know, maybe it's maybe it's this weekend. And obviously, a shout out as well to Kimi Raikkonen, who will probably win this race by switch backing everyone and their mother. So <laughs> I can't can't wait to see that one. Um, but yeah, I, I I see this being largely largely a continuation of what we've seen thus far. It's, it is worrying for, for the likes of Alpine and Aston Martin because they need to get it together at some point. The Alpine, quite simply, I just don't think is a great car, um, which is confusing considering where they were at the end of last year. They seem to have real pace. And I, I think in the second half of last year, they were arguably the third best team. Definitely not this year. Um, so it's a bit worrying. And, you know, Fernando Alonso, he wasn't entirely happy with his Imola performance. Uh, I I think he should have been, but I'm sure it's Alonso. He'll come back from that. I think Ocon has been okay so far this year, but I just don't think that car is quite capable of of showing what what these guys are all about. And 
from Aston Martin's perspective as well, we, we've spoken a bit on high rake and low rake and how it's not, you know, it isn't benefiting them. Um, they seem to think it's costing them about 30 seconds per lap, which I think is a bit of an exaggeration. Um, but even if it is only costing them, say, a few temps each lap, let's just say three temps, you know, over a 60 lap race, that's 20 seconds worth of race time. So these little increments of time, they add up. So, you know, and in the midfield, which is already so close and so tight that a few temps back can be the difference between fighting for third and fourth or, or fighting for, for seventh. Um, and yeah, we, we've already spoken about how Vettel still isn't quite accustomed to the car. So some more some more laps under his belt, that might be the key for him to get a little bit closer to Stroll um, and the top 10 as a whole. Old predictions. Here we go. Harry, I know it's going to be right, but what is it? Uh, my, right. It's always right. My bold prediction for this weekend is that in qualifying, the top 15 will be covered by just one second. So, ooh, interesting. Is it Q1 or just... Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good point because it'll be different in Q3. Uh, let's go for Q2 because that's when... There's 15 in there. Okay, so at the end of Q2... The yes. difference between first and fifteenth will be one second. Correct. Bear in mind, yes. like, bear in mind that, like, last week, uh, sorry, last race, Imola, it was about, it was about half a second from first to eleventh. So maybe it's a bit Tasting. of a longer lap. Yep, and I'm sticking to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to be kicking yourself if. Uh, if Mick Schumacher scrapes into Q2 and ends up four seconds behind him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, never mind. Yeah. Sorry, that's my... It's an interesting one. Um, yeah. I, we'll keep a close eye on that on Saturday to see if and when that uh, doesn't come true. Uh, sorry, yeah. does come true. Well, <laughs> positive. Uh, Sam, what about you? What are you saying for bold prediction? Mine is a two-pronged approach. We love the, a two-pronged We bomb. love a two-pronged two approach. One over here, one over here, coming together to make it clear. That was... Come on. Wow, nice. <laughs> Look at me go. Um, so, we've obviously got the rivalry. F1 are loving the rivalry up top. The big boys, they're not much taller or larger than anyone else. But in terms of points, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton... In the race, these two will properly collide, right? But we have a little tussle this time out. It's war. That would be what they go for, for like the poster afterwards. Uh, they're going to properly collide. Got themselves both out of the top five. What's anyone's score points? They got themselves out of the top five. And then the top five will have five different manufacturers scoring from first to fifth. That's cheeky. That's very cheeky. I'm going to use a different word beginning with C. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's a bold, bold prediction. So you're we saying that, just to clarify, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton will have a collision in the race on Sunday. Yes. It will bring them both out of the top five. You know, they might yes. score points, they might not, but it will be outside the top five. And then that will leave the rest of the top five at the end of the race, which will be five different teams represented. Yes, correct. Spicy. Yes. A lot of mitig- mitigating factors there for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. A lot of mitigating factor kind of guy. 
Yeesh. All right. Uh, oh, mine is, I, well, I can't follow that. But it's nowhere near as bold as that. But what I'm saying is that last race, both Alfa Romeos were knocked out in Q1. This time, they will both make it through to Q2. It's not too shabby. But I'm going to go with one solid word. Boring. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could have said that Pierre Gasly is going to win this race this weekend and it would you be less bold than what you said. So I, I had a tough act to follow. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, at least we might get to use Kimi Reichen's big round face picture that he has again. That's true. That's true. I like that. <laughs> Anything I like to use that. that. I feel like that oh. is the um, when Raikkonen performs a switchback at you at Portimao face, isn't it? <laughs> Big fan of that. <laughs> so, uh, well, poll one, two, three. I'm going to go straight to you, Sam, because well, who knows what's going to happen. So go ahead. Well, it's not that crazy, to be honest. I'm going to go with uh, poll Max Verstappen. First, uh, second place. First place in the race is going to be Lando Norris. It's not that crazy. <laughs> oh, by the way, this guy's going to win his first race. <laughs> Second place is going to be Chuck Leclerc. Third place is going to be Valtteri Bottas. You hate Bottas that much. But Verstappen and Hamilton, <laughs> Verstappen and Hamilton crash and you still don't give him the win. Or even Where's, second oh, place. Where's Checo gone? Look, Checo is probably fourth. And then I imagine <laughs> that there will be something like Yuki Tsunoda will be in fifth place, just living it up. Oh, baby, yeah, we're living it up. That'll be Yuki <laughs> back in fifth. <laughs> it, it had a swear word in there somewhere, but sure. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't want to do it for the podcast. Yeah. So to clarify again, Verstappen yeah. is going to get pole because you're a very boring predictor. Oh, wait, no, boring. Lando Norris is going to win the race. <laughs> Charles Leclerc is going to be second. And Valtteri Bottas is going to be third. Good Correct. God. Um, Watch it unfold here. I haven't learned from my mistake here because I really shouldn't have let you go. Um, shouldn't have let you go first because now me and Sorry. Harry have to follow that. Harry, what, yeah. what have you got here? Uh, I'm also. I've also got Verstappen first, um, and then I've got Lando. No, no, I don't. And then I've got um, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton in, in. Sorry, Verstappen on pole. Lewis Hamilton in first. Verstappen second. Checo third. Did you hesitate because you were unsure? Or did you hesitate because it was so obvious that those two should be at the front? I couldn't remember Sergio's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Checo, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, Dave Perez, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> St- Steve Perez. <laughs> Nigel, God. Nigel Perez, no, it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nigel yeah, Ma- Perez. Yeah, he's Mansell's cousin. He's a great guy. Um, <laughs> It's a bit that weird. would be That's Sergio like Mansell Ben. Come on, don't be ridiculous. No, no, it's just really weird. They're cousins and they, they, they've got the same <laughs> first name. Nigel. <laughs> That's how relationships work, right? I'm related to every Sam in the world. <laughs> glad we've glad we managed to get this all together. Um, I mean, I'm going to be so boring that I'm so sorry. Um, Verstappen's going to be on pole. I'm going for exactly what happened last year. Verstappen on pole. Hamilton win, Bottas second, Verstappen third. You're telling me Bottas is going to beat Verstappen after the season he's had? I I think the Merc will be pretty good this weekend. I think think they'll be slightly better. 
Okay. Also, I just remembered I can't give Bottas the win because in a previous episode of Pump the Brakes, I said Bottas would not win a race this season. This is true. This is true. That's that was a prediction of yours. Um, can't wait for Bottas to win this weekend. Can't wait for Singapore again and be proven right again. Well, the good thing is we've now got the sound clip for whenever I'm right <laughs> or wrong and whenever you're wrong. Um, so yeah. that's that's all good. We'll move on to sprint qualifying because it's been confirmed that a 100-kilometre sprint race will happen uh, on Saturdays at three races this season. The British Grand Prix is confirmed to be one of them. The Italian Grand Prix is almost definitely going to be another one. The third one could be into Lagos, but at this point, all we seem to know is that it will be a non-European race. Um, So on the weekend, Friday will feature a one-hour practice session followed by qualifying. That will set the grid for the sprint race on the Saturday. There will be another 60-minute practice session on the Saturday morning, then the sprint qualifying, uh, and then the race race on Sunday, as per per usual. Um, So points will be awarded for the sprint qualifying sessions. Three points for first place two points for second and then one point for third um so you know we, we've debated quite a lot the the pros and cons of sprint qualifying it's happening we've got to we've got to go ahead with it but in terms of the in terms of the points system and how they are allocating it do you agree with that harry well first question you say it's 100 kilometers does that mean they uh, literally have to stop when it gets to 100 kilometers yeah there's a man stood there well i I, I'm <laughs> I'm assuming they're going to round up or down the laps. Uh, <laughs> Just theoretically, get to Magus and Beckers, and that's the end of the race. You're done. Stop! Stop! Yeah, pump the brakes. Um, <laughs> yeah, the point system. I I think in a championship that we have as that we are hoping is going to be as close as it is currently, uh, having points on a Saturday is. I don't want the championship to be decided uh, decided by the sprint qualifying races, and if we get to a you know a point in at the very end of the season, and the difference is like three points or something like that, and you know people might look back to a, a one of these sprint qualifying races and say that's that's why, and it comes down to that. It's like the you know double points in Abu Dhabi thing. Why why are these three races worth more on a Saturday than all the other races? Um, I don't really agree with that. I think they should have left the for now for the trial. They should have just left the points alone and just done these races as a different qualifying format rather than treating them as yeah points awarded races. So um, yeah, I, n- no. There's a lot of things I don't, I don't like about uh, this, and they, this is one of them. Uh, I just don't think it's. Just think they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, and by them in F1. By shoot, I mean with like a water pistol, so it's not violent, but you know what I mean. Fair enough, fair enough. You can use those water pistols dual purpose. You can use them for Bernie sprayers as well that he wants to implement. Yeah. And I think Sam's still on that idea. So, oh yeah, bring on the sprinklers. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sam, what, what are your thoughts on them awarding points for for sprint qualifying? Oh, I hate it. Sorry to all my Scottish <laughs> listeners Hello, out Shrek. there. Uh, Shrek's turned up, folks. Oh, hello there. Um, honestly, 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 I hate nothing more. You could force me, feed me avocado. I'd rather eat that than have this happen. Do you not I like avocado? 
don't like it at all. Don't like guacamole. Don't like avocado. I, shut up, brunch bar. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my Not issue it. with Not these it. extra points are exactly what Harry has said, and I can't believe we're banding up, but we are. We've decided to start war on Formula One, and it's all about these three points. <laughs> um, I don't want to get to Abu Dhabi, and us going to Abu Dhabi, if you were to remove all the, the points won in the sprint season, then there'd be like... I don't know. I'm just going to make it up. Like a, a two-point gap going into the final race. But because of the sprint season points, let's say that, let's say Hamilton has three awful sprint seasons, three qualifiers, and it's taken out each time or something. And Verstappen wins. That's actually nine points. So now there's 11 points between the top two. So that means all Verstappen has to do is come first or second. Whereas if there were three points, those guys would be dueling it out left, right, and centre, fighting out for the race. It would be super exciting. Secondly, why are they more important than the other race across the season? We do not pick favourites. We're already a Eurocentric race company, which we shouldn't be. We're a world championship, yet most of the audience, most of the races happen in Europe. We've just given them more favouritism. That's not going to help anyone. That's annoying. The only way I would see this as redeeming, and I don't like this method either, so it's not, it's not really too redeeming, but it is slightly, is if we were to do sprint qualifying, but you start sprint qualifying on a reverse grid. So Mick Schumacher would get pole position. And in that way, there is a slim chance that someone like Latifi, Mick Schumacher, Russell, could score a championship point. And Hamilton, to earn one point, would have to pull out something incredible out the bag. And then it feels earned. Then it feels like they've really put effort into winning this. Otherwise, we've just got like a really short Grand Prix, possibly where no one can make any moves, depending on scenarios that may happen. And it might just end up being really dull. And you go, all right, Verstappen three points, Hamilton two points, Perez one point. Cool. That was how it was going to be in anyway. So they just move further ahead of everyone else. And it separates the championship more. I don't love it. There's a lot of tweaks to it. I don't mind certain aspects of the sprint qualifying. For me, this is pretty much the worst part of it. And I'm not fond of it at all. So... Hopefully it doesn't cause any ruckus later on in the season and we don't see any issues disturbed or any um, championships decided via the spring qualifying. I'd really hate for that to be the case. So um, that's that's my opinion on it, folks. There you go. On the fence, as always. As always. As always. I mean, as a, as a first point about about this whole thing, if you were to, if you were to say, let's say you have two... TVs and and one of them is a brand new TV that you've just bought and it's brand spanking new and it's great and then you have this really old rubbish black and white one from 1990 and you need to you need to run an experiment you don't know how it's going to work but you need to run an experiment on one of the two which one do you pick you run the experiment that could go very wrong on the old one because you're not losing much if it goes wrong why have they picked the British Grand Prix and the Italian Grand Prix to do this? Do it in Spain or Russia, for goodness sake, where you're not going to lose anything. Why would you pick... Honestly, when when it's not a farce, the, that being the Italian Grand Prix, Monza qualifying, it is epic. When they don't try and trip over each other in the last two minutes, it is a brilliant qualifying session. Next to, you know, that and Monaco might be the best qualifying sessions of the year. They've not taken that away, but they've, you know, demoted that to Friday for that event. 
why pick these events to try something out? Do it on something, do it on a circuit where it's not quite working. That point aside, I um, I'm with you both on this one. It's very rare that a topic can come and make us, you know, unite together like this. But this has been able to achieve it. I don't believe that that points is is right, and for essentially the same reasons that you've given, in that I don't believe that any one race should be more important than another. Um, you know, there are a few occasions. Uh, there are a few occasions of that in other forms of motorsport like the indy 500 of course giving points for qualifying and such but in in formula one with the exception of double points it's always been every race is equally important in the championship which is something i've always loved and whilst this isn't quite 2014 abu dhabi levels where it was literally twice as important as any other race it's still it's still three points more important which you know is not something i agree with at all um, and the, the problem is, yeah, you do create certain circumstances where it's possible to win the championship on a Saturday or very, very, very nearly decide it on a Saturday as well. Ultimately, you could have a nine point swing. You know, probably you wouldn't, but you could have a nine point swing if you were to take maximum points from the three races and your rival doesn't take any. The main problem I have is that you've got three points for this. Let's just clump that together with the bonus point you get for the fastest lap. You could have a situation where someone finishes the race on Sunday in third place and gets more points from the race weekend than the guy who finishes second. You know, if you you get 15 points for third place, let's say that that person has also won the sprint race and got the fastest lap, they're taking home 19 points. Second place gets 18. Let's say that they don't get anything from the sprint race. I don't want to create a situation where you are able to get more points for finishing third than you are for finishing second. I, I don't, I don't agree with that. And you know, again, it's pretty unlikely you would have that scenario, but it's it's achievable, uh, and, and that's the point, really. So um, I, I don't, I don't understand this. And and also, spring qualifying is essentially there to emulate real qualifying. Like it, it's a direct replacement. You're set. The intention is is the same, regardless of whether it's qualifying in this format or one shot quality or aggregate qualifying. The legend that was. It doesn't matter what form it is. You're still setting the grid. That's the intention. So why don't you award points for regular qualifying on like any other race weekend? But you are giving points here. Surely it should be one or the other. It shouldn't be points for this version and not points for this version. The intention is is exactly the same. You know, you're setting the grid for Sunday's race. That doesn't change regardless of what format you choose. So why why award points in one instance and not the other? Um, so yeah, I you know I'm against this. You know, I'm, I'm against this idea. Full stop. I, I've made that clear. But this specific element, you know, I I'm, I'm against that as well. I, I don't I don't think there should be points. Also, before we move on, sorry Ben. I just want to speak about the other point here. Qualifying is one of the most exciting parts of any race weekend. The fact you've relegated it to a Friday, I mean, watch your viewing figures drop. Like, watch, you, you will get so few people. How many people watch practice? People have got to work. People might be at school or at college or at university. People have got things to do on a weekday. So if they're running this at, let's say, 2 p.m. on a Friday, I don't even, I, don't, I make time on my weekend, every single race weekend, to be free on qualifying and on the race. I don't know if I can guarantee that on a Friday. I might have to watch it on my phone, on mute or something. That's not fun for me as a viewer. I might then see the result later if I've missed it. That's not fun as a viewer. The amount of 
issues they're going to cause for viewership by putting one of the best parts of a race weekend and relegate it essentially to third place. It's just silly. You've ruined the best part while not fixing the most broken part of our sport. And it's incredibly frustrating. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know this I know this one splits opinion, but um yeah. Also, I, just, I, I do want to say on this point, because I, I am against it, and I've, I've made that quite clear, but those who are against it aren't necessarily against F1 trying new things. It seems as if you, you, you have to be against F1 trying new things if you don't like this idea. I'm, I'm more than up for F1 trying new ideas, just not this one. You know, it, it, shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be changed for the sake of it. And, you know, it's going ahead. Yeah, I hope I hope, you know... It isn't a disaster because we care about it for the sport and we'll see what happens. But it is, of course, only a trial at this point. So we shall see. Moving on to some other news that came out just a couple of hours ago as we're recording this. Um, and that is the Turkish Grand Prix returning to the calendar in 2021 uh, as Canada has been cancelled for the second consecutive year. Sam, your thoughts on that one? I am very sad, but also very happy. Firstly, the reason it's been, obviously, of course, cancelled in Canada is due to this horrible pandemic that we're all going through. And I know all three of us feel the same about this. Thoughts are with everyone that is currently experiencing a much harder version. We've been through it in this country. We're fortunately looking like we're on our way out, but a lot of countries are really suffering. There's Canada being one of them. And that really sucks. That is so, so rubbish. So thoughts are with everyone dealing with that because, oh, when will it end? Um... Also, it sucks for the sport because Canada, one of the best Grand Prix of the year, pretty much every year. It's got a silly name. I can't say it because Harry hates his name so much. I know it's technically not the one, but they're still related. Um, I his dad. You say his dad's name. Oh, that's all right then. Sorry. Gilles Villeneuve, of course. Hero of late breaking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jack, of course, the, uh, the, the anti <laughs> Sorry to all Jack fans. Um... Canada's brilliant. Gilles Villeneuve is one of the best circuits. It throws up great weather scenarios. We always get classic Grand Prix there. I reckon one in every ten is a bit of a dud. The other nine, usually, one of the better races, top 10% of races that we have across the season. Always look forward to going to Canada. So I'm absolutely gutted. I'd love to have both Canada and Turkey on the calendar regularly. If we're going to talk about the flip side, go going to Turkey... What a Grand Prix to replace it with, though. We all love Istanbul Park. We all love Turkey. It provided an absolute cracker last time out. One of the best Grand Prix of the season, if not one of the best Grand Prix for the last decade. It was brilliant. Weather conditions were crazy. Bottas fell around 400 times. The track was just brand new and bizarre. Lewis Hamilton won his seventh world title there. Like, fantastic. Historic moments throughout Formula 1. I loved it. It always provides really great racing. I'm glad it's back. I'm just really, really sad that it's at the expense of another brilliant track, which is at Canada. Just get rid of Spain, just because. Not because of any issues, just get rid of Spain. What are, what are you replacing us with? Nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> I'm going to stand and look at my brick wall for the whole weekend, and it's more fun. Oh, poor, poor Catalonia. Poor Catalonia. Just bring back the old Sector 3. We'll be fine. Um, This isn't about Catalonia. We're talking about Canada and Istanbul. So, um, Harry, what are your views on it changing around? This is like you're walking down the street and some random person offers you a free slice of pizza and you go, oh, great, 
I'd love a free slice of pizza. And they go, and then spit on it, and then give it to you. And it's that kind of, yay, a free slice of pizza. Oh, but someone spat on my pizza. It's, it's, <laughs> It's mixed. Uh, it's mixed feelings. I think is what. So, it's a big problem in Reading, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I spit on their pizza. Yeah, it happens on a daily basis. Um, yeah, look, I think Sam's summed up already. I'm gutted we're not going to Canada again this year. Yeah, I, it's one of my faves. Um, but at least, at least we are going back to Turkey and. It's it's great that I mean obviously this whole situation with COVID has been horrible. We had half a year without F one, massive suffering, etc. But at least there's one of the positives that come out of it is that we've got back some great circuits such as Imola. We had Nurburgring last year. We're going to Portimao, went to Mugello, and we're also going back to Turkey. So um, yeah, at least that is positive. And I'm sure you know the logistics managers of all the F1 teams are glad that they only have to go from Baku to Turkey rather than Baku to literally the other side of the world, uh, and then back to France. So at least that's and then back more. again. Yeah, <laughs> that infuriates me. Sorry, folks, we'll get into it, but that infuriates me. Slightly more logical. Uh, journey for the teams there as well but um yeah like i said I, I am sad but at least you know we know that canada's future has been secured for a couple more years as well um they signed an extension so that's good news so at least it's not gonna hopefully drop off the drop off the calendar because we all we all love a bit of canada yeah um I, th- I believe with the oh sorry i'll, I'll stop um yeah everyone pause uh, hang yeah, on yeah, Sam's course, singing. yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know one like Oh, <laughs> you say you say that like it's a bad thing, Sam. It is, it is not a bad thing at all that you only know one line. Um, <laughs> I I a agree thousand with of you point. subscribe to this. <laughs> yeah, unbelievably. Um, I mean, I I agree with um, I agree with the point that you made, Harry. That it's been great to get back to some of these circuits that we haven't been to for a long time. The likes of the Imola and, and, and Algarve is obviously a new one and the Nürburgring and such. Um, Kuala Lumpur, please feel free to join in. It's, oh. it's real good fun over here. Um, to, to demonstrate exactly how I feel about this announcement, I, I, I'll just need your assistance, Sam, to, to pretend to be on a phone call with me. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to give you a call if that's all right. Okay. Um, right. Here we go. Hello, Sam. How how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Bit gutted about the F1. How's it going with you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, I'm going to send you a brand new Ferrari. Is that right? Bloody hell! It's about time you did something nice. Bang on. Go on then. No, no, no. Oh, oh no. Sorry, I've just had some terrible news. I'm not going to be able to send that Ferrari to you. Um, will will a new Lamborghini do instead? Oh, will it ever? But I do want the Ferrari, so a bit gay. But the Lamborghini's great. The last point of that didn't quite go as according to plan, but the point here is... <laughs> the point here is you've taken away a brilliant track and you've given a brilliant one in return. You can't lose. They're both brilliant. So, you know, I... I love the Canadian Grand Prix. It's one of my favourite ones. But we saw what happened at Turkey last year. Turkey back, you know, 10 years ago was fantastic. So... You know, it's not as if they're replacing a brilliant track with a terrible one or vice versa. This is just like for like in terms of how much I love them. So, 
bring it on. I think um, folks listening slash watching, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please tweet us at Lbreaking. Uh, whose analogy for that was better? Was it Ben's improv car dealer analogy or my pizza spit incident analogy? We will, or we'll ca- my singing of the national anthem. <laughs> oh yeah, as a third option. <laughs> How how is this the one time I haven't given an analogy? I know, bizarre. It's crazy. We've just received about twenty notifications. All of them say none of them. Ah, that is a shame. Anyway, let's move on to F one back and forth. F1, back and forth, it's F1, back and forth, it goes backwards, then goes forth, it's F1, back and forth, F1. Here we go. It's rumoured that the Beach Boys thought about releasing it as their own track, but I beat them to it. <laughs> Congrats. Um, so F1 back and forth. If you haven't been around for this segment before, um, it's one of our favourites. What we'll do is Harry versus Sam. I'm going to give them a category. There will be multiple correct answers within this category. They need to keep giving right answers until one of them gives a wrong answer or can't think of anything. So I'm sure you'll be wanting to know what your category is this time around. Please okay, here we go. Here are... fish. <laughs> there are there are twenty correct answers in this category. Two Ooh. zero. Current F one drivers. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not quite that easy. Um, anyone who has finished second or third in the drivers' championship since nineteen seventy eight, but has not won a championship. Oh, oh ben. come on! It's not. You'll be all right. Anyone, anyone who has finished second or <laughs> You'll third. You'll be all right. Anyone who's finished second or third in the Drivers' Championship since 1978, that's the first year, uh, who has not won a title. So, for example, Lewis Hamilton, of course, has finished second in a championship, but he has won a title, so he's not a correct answer. 20 answers overall. Harry, if you wouldn't mind kicking us off. Oh, why's he got to go first? I only go two. <laughs> Rubens Barrichello. Rubens Barrichello has finished second or third in the championship. In fact, I think he's finished both um, and has not won a title, so that's the correct answer. Sam, have you got one? David Coulthard. Big DC. Of course, he's on the list. Couldn't win a title, I'm afraid. Um, Harry. Uh, no bodies, please. Andrew <laughs> Bottas. Oh, I was hoping that catchphrase wasn't going to make a return, but it has. Uh, it's a correct answer, though. Valtteri Bottas is good. Um, 17 answers to go. And of course, as usual, we encourage anyone listening, watching, count along at home. Can you get Can you get all 20? How many of these can you get right? Sam, what, what's your next answer? Um, Patrese. Ricardo Patrese is a correct answer. Nice one. Yes. Harry. I think I'm out with answers already. Uh, <laughs> come on. Eddie Irvine? Yeah, Eddie Irvine is a correct answer. Runner yeah. up in 1999. Sam? I am actually out of answers already. Um, um, this is already really, really difficult. 
which I don't like. I don't like difficult things. Uh, if, if I say Mark Webber, am I wrong? You're not wrong if you say <laughs> yes! Mark Webber. Yes! Come on, Mark! He he was yeah, in the he was in he was in second and third a bit. Harry, your next answer. Um, this may be your toughest one yet. I think Ben. Yeah. I don't actually know. Don't think I've got anyone left. I'm just trying to go through all the years, but they're all bloody champions. Oh, oh I just fought one. I'm literally going through each year in my head. Yeah. <laughs> no. 2013. Who was second 2013? <laughs> Come on! No. 2012? No. 2011? No. 2010? No. <laughs> keep, keep, keep going! Keep going! 2009? 2009? Who was second in 2009? No, that, he was a, I've already said him. Oh, he was a champ. God! <laughs> oh, Felipe Massa! Oh, Felipe what's the only baby. one I've got? <laughs> Felipe <laughs> baby. Yeah, it's the correct answer. Don't that to me. Sam, I, I'm sure you have the remaining 13 answers all lined up. Um, <laughs> um, who was good, but not that good before <laughs> I was alive? That is the question <laughs> I'm going to ask myself. Great question. Yeah. So... This is really silly, right? I was going to jokingly say, and this is a niche British reference, everyone, so sorry. I was jokingly going to say, Roggie Pickering. And then I thought, <laughs> yes, who does Roggie Pickering That's the answer, sound correct. Like? <laughs> Roggie Peterson. Was he second? Uh, he wasn't, but Ronnie Pickering was. Yes, that's right. Ronnie Peterson was the runner-up in 1978, so the first year of this. So it's a correct answer. Bloody yeah, that is a Harry, pure pun. Any, any more answers from you? Um, 1997, Schumacher was second, but he got DQ'd. But I don't know who he who <laughs> second place is. So <laughs> let's go for because it could have been Eddie, or let's I'll go for Heinz Harold Frenzen. Heinz Harold Frenzen is correct. He was runner-up in '97. He was also third in '99. So he, he was uh, on a couple of years. Sam, any more answers from you? Well, it's second or yeah. third, isn't it? Second or third? Oh, it's se- yeah. oh, oh second God. or third. That's where I'm struggling. I'm only thinking a second place. Um, that's where I'm struggling, he says. Like a wealth of answers have appeared in my mind. Um, I'm going to say his name wrong. Ferrari driver, Alberetti, Alberetto, whatever he's called. Al- yeah, yeah, Michele Alberetto. He was, uh, he was runner-up in 1985. Love that. Uh, Harry. Right. Gerhard Berger? Yeah, Berger's a correct answer. He was third one year. Um, Sam? Uh, I am now actually winning that. Um, am I allowed to say someone that has a big second but is also then third? Or has that got an answer? Wait, sorry, you, are you allowed to what? <laughs> what? <laughs> am I allowed to say someone that was second one year but then was third another year? Yeah, as long as they didn't win a, win a championship, yeah. David Coulthard! No. Oh no, you can't give the same answer again. 
I thought Why? you just meant the same. I thought you meant the same driver couldn't have done it twice. <laughs> like, no, you, you can't. Have, no, you can't. Play the system, um, Mr. Chunky. Yes, Juan Mr. Pablo Montoya. Chunky. He was oh, third in O two and O three. Harry. Um, I'm not sure how, but we have actually made it ha- past halfway. Um, uh, unbelievable. Eight, eight left overall. I don't think I've got any more. Who was, who was knocking about? Then what years are they from? <laughs> no, I can't tell. <laughs> uh, 1977. Oh, oh nice. Thank you. <laughs> all of them. All of them from 1977. Yeah. No, I don't think I've got any more. I, I will say... Uh, uh, Johnny Herbert <laughs> never third place I'm afraid he had, a, no, he, had a, he had one or two good years but not quite that good um, did you have any more answers Sam Daniel Ricardo. Daniel Ricardo is a correct answer ding ding 2014 like 2040 that's it um, mm. Max Verstappen Max Verstappen has been in the top three in the drivers championship um, at that point Sam began to struggle. Oh, well, at that uh, point, you've covered yeah. all the all the recent ones, so um, you would yeah, all, all of the rest do go back. Yeah, all of the rest do go back to the eighties. So, um, someone who's already made an appearance on this podcast, Jill Villeneuve, he was a correct answer, runner up in seventy nine. Carlos Reutemann, he was in the top three a couple of times. Uh, John Watson, he was Didier Peroni. Uh, Rene Arnoux and Elio De Angelis. Um, so those were the oh, six uh, that you missed, but collectively you got fourteen out of twenty. So not a not a bad job. Be very interested to hear if you well. if you're able to beat fourteen. Very interested to hear about it. Um, and well done, Sam, for your win. Arnoux, Rene, as well. <laughs> I gloss over things like this now. Yeah. It's much easier. He just wants attention. He's like a two. He just wants attention. Aren't you, Rene? That's so good. Aren't you, Rene? Aren't you, Rene? Well, (laughs) now we've got that out the way of, and now we know how Harry's going to sign off this week. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here for this podcast folks i hope it's been informative interesting and downright ridiculous as always um stick around come back after the race however silly crazy boring it might be i'm sure we'll spice up your weekend somehow on that sunday race review stick around if you're listening on the podcast give it a follow we're hugely growing we massively appreciate it over a thousand subscribers to the podcast now it's crazy so again thank you so much for all your support so far for listening on, on the other one, the Yub Tubs. What are you doing? <laughs> oh Nothing happening over there. Sick of it. Do more. Spotify's out doing it. In the meantime, I'll see you at the race. I'm standing the same. I've been Ben Hocking. He's slagged off YouTube in the film. Yeah. Anyway, I've been Renny Arnu. And remember, keep breaking late. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.